Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. I am your co-host, Cam, and I realized that I just said thank you for joining us. Uh, a little bit of a different show today because it's actually not us. It's not me and Kirk. It's actually going to be just me, just Cam today, which is, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, an extremely rare occurrence. I can think of maybe once or twice that it has happened over the entire three-year history of the podcast, so not something we do a terrible amount. Um for good reason. I think that it's it's certainly not as interesting of a show without both of us here, but I'm hoping that I can provide that same level of interest and provide some fun. We won't get to laugh at the jokes together, but we're going to try to make it through while Kirk is getting some vacay in this week, uh, which is well-deserved. And so we will give him the week off and we'll just, we'll just keep cracking. So like I said, my name's Cam. If you are new to Popcorn for Breakfast, thank you so much for being here. Um, if you're not new, thank you for being here as well. This could be your first episode, your second episode, your 202nd episode, um, but we are thrilled to have you um, here on Popcorn for Breakfast. We do a couple of different shows throughout the week, usually whenever there's not vacations and scheduling conflicts and things like that. Usually we do a movie news episode called What's Poppin' followed by a movie review. And this week we did not have the the stream um, due to Kirk being on vacation, didn't think it would be Quite as fun to do the movie news, uh, what's popping to stream. So we're just going to stick you with a movie review. Um, and like I said, if you are new to the show and you're wherever you're finding this, just know that you can find us on your favorite podcast app, if that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever. You can find us on all of those, but you can also find us on YouTube. So if you're on one of those other ones and you're just now hearing about the other way to find us, Go check it out. We would love if you would throw us a, a like, a subscribe, a rating, a review, anything you can do to uh, help support the show. We would be greatly appreciating it. Um, you can also catch us on any of our social media networks. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're also on Discord, um, which is probably the, the platform I recommend the most if you want to connect with us, just because you can get real-time feedback. We can talk about things that are happening in real time. Sometimes big stories break. We get to talk about it in Discord. Um, the link is in the description of either the podcast or the video that you are watching right now. So you can find all of those links there, whatever your preferred uh, social media platform is. But let's go ahead and get into this week's episode, which is a movie review, like I said. And this week, um, we, we are coming off an interesting time in the box office, of course, everybody knows, I think now, if you've been listening for a while, we've been talking about how there are these sort of transition times in um, you know, the movie industry, the TV industry, where there are peaks and valleys. It's like anything else. If you're a sports fan, you know that like the middle of uh, the summer, like July, is like only baseball, no other sports. And so we just are coming out of a phase like that in the movie world where we are coming out of the summer blockbuster phase and getting into the fall awards window festival season kind of push of movies. So we are starting to get into that now. And this week we actually did have a new movie that grabbed up a good amount of box office earnings, which was around $19 million opening, which is really good for a new IP. And that film is The Woman King, starring Academy Award winner Viola Davis. So that is the film we're going to talk about today. I will be doing all of it, like I said, because uh, Kirk is not here. But if you are new to the program, first of all, 
This review will be spoiler-free. Most of our reviews are spoiler-full, but I'm trying to kind of like, Kirk and I have been talking about we should do spoiler-free in instances where people maybe have not seen the movie. You know, $19 million in the box office, while impressive for the type of movie that it is, being a new IP based on a true story kind of thing, not a franchise, not a not a superhero movie, not anything that's existing. Um, 19 million is good, but that's still not that many butts and seats. So we want to make sure that we are giving the review that is most applicable to most, to most people. And if you are one of those people who are not, um, in the group that has seen the movie, we want to make sure that you have the information you need to decide if you should go see it. Um, of course, our recommendation is always that you go see the movie, um, that we're talking about whether or not, uh, we liked it or not, because that's what, that's what film review is all about. It's all about getting your opinion and making up your own mind about the movie because everybody's thoughts are different. So let's get into this thing. We are going to start with a synopsis, as we always do, and then we're going to get into um, the four superlatives. So I'm going to talk about And the Oscar Goes To, which is the best actor in the movie, Scene Stealer, which is sort of like the best supporting actor or someone who just stole the show in a supporting role. Um, it could be one scene. It could be, you know, the entire movie. But ju- we'll, we'll get into Scene Stealer, and then we'll talk about the, the technical side, the production side, with Showstopper and then Director Shoes, which is sort of um, what Kirk and I usually do to talk about the changes that we would have made to the movie or things we didn't like so much about it before I get to my overall score out of 10. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, this film is called The Woman King, and it stars Viola Davis as Naniska, who is the leader of the Igoji, um, or Agoji. I'm struggling with the pronunciations I've been practicing. Uh, trying, I was writing them down as I was watching the movie last night phonetically to try to make sure I get them as correct as possible. But Viola Davis plays Naniska, who is the leader of the Agoji, which is a really cool group. Um, it's an all-female warrior uh, Kingsgar. Uh, most most common thing I can think of that most people could relate it to is like the Dora Milaje in Black Panther. This is very similar to that. It's an all-female unit of the Kingsguard. And the other thing you can compare it to for all my Game of Thrones fans out there is the Night's Watch. This is a group of people who have taken a vow to take no spouse, have no children, fully devote their lives to the protection of others, in this case, the protection of their nation, which is the the state of Dahomey, and that they're king. That, that's basically what, what it's all about. So it, sh- it is worth noting this is based on a true story. As I said earlier, it, it's set in the early 1800s, and this is a really interesting time, a really terrible and yucky time in Africa, if we're being honest, where um, European imperialists are sort of coming in taking over land. The slave trade is rising. Um, it's becoming very, very well known and prolific across Africa, and it's causing huge issues. People are being taken against their will, sold into slavery, really terrible stuff. And some of these African nations and states, which I did, I did not know of, were um, some of these tribes and factions were assisting with the slave trade because it was lucrative. Uh, if they could sell prisoners from other places or even their own people into slavery to make some money. That was part of the way that it was growing. And so in this movie, it covers the Dahomey who are defended by the Agoji. Um, 
who are trying to resist the slave trade and resist another tribe called the Ojo, Oyo tribe who is working with um, some Brazilian slave traders and they're, they're gaining uh, momentum in the area. They're gaining military power and financial power and all of these things by operating the slave trade. And Dahomey is trying to protect their land, protect their people, make sure the Oyo don't take over. And a big part of that is leaning on their defense force, the Agoji, to make sure that that does not happen to them. So that's basically it for the movie. There are, of course, lots of things that happen. We are going to keep this spoiler-free. I'm not going to spoil anything. This movie has a really interesting winding narrative that twists and turns. There's there's always something around the corner that you didn't expect, um, and, and that's part of the reason that this story, I think, got made into a film. There's a lot going on there. Um, so we're going to get into it now. Talk about the performances before getting into the production side. But that is the general synopsis as we uh, jump into our And the Oscar Goes To, which I am going to give to Academy Award-winning actress and actor. I, we, we typically say actor on this show for regardless of gender, um, for Viola Davis. That's, that's the winner of the award this week. I mean, is there anything left to say about Viola Davis that hasn't been said? I mean, I think a lot of the cliches people will probably throw around with this one are like, Viola Davis at her absolute best in her, in her own element, you know, just kind of like the peak of her career. It's a career landmark, yada, yada, yada. Frankly, you could say that about, I mean, any of her recent performances. I loved her performance in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Of course, there's Fences, um, for which she won an Academy Award. There's The Help. There's any number of incredible roles. I love her as Amanda Waller in, in the DCEU. I love, I love everything that Viola Davis does. I mean, she's absolutely, if not the best one going right now, certainly one of the best actors that are currently in the biz right now. And this is this movie is a great testament as to why. She has range galore. I mean, can absolutely do anything. Um, she totally altered her physical appearance for this movie as she has done before. But I mean, just turned into a really imposing physical presence. Um, tons of stunt work, tons of weight training and, and physical training to get her body to where she needed to, to play the role of Naniska. And it absolutely paid off. I mean, she just, she was the woman King. She was the person um, that you see on the posters. It was, absolutely the full embodiment of that role you you see her and you're like that's a woman who's going to lead the the armies into battle that's somebody that you would rally behind run through a brick wall for um and yet it's you would think that it would be sort of one-dimensional i think based on the trailers at least that's sort of what i was thinking that it was really about just this this conflict but something about this story is there are so many layers there's there's political um there's certainly like warfare tactical things going on. There's obviously hand-to-hand combat, but there's the internal politics within the state of Dahomey. And there's also uh, all these interpersonal relationships and there are so many and they're so rich. And the whole time Viola Davis is balancing that while her character deals with, um, you know, aging. She deals with all of those politics, she deals with some personal things that she's experiencing, some things from her past that are being brought to light. And you can just read it all over Viola Davis the whole time. It's like you, if you don't know the thought um, that's in her head at the moment, this is 
I'm, I'm really butchering this, but if you don't know what she's thinking right then, after she says what you're, what she's thinking, it's like, oh, I, I can see the wheels turning. I can see how she was emoting that with her face. Um, and I think that seeing Viola Davis in this combat setting and, and doing all this hand-to-hand fighting and just being so incredible at it was is probably the reason that she will garner all of these um, superlatives of like, this is the top of her career, best performance ever, um, because this is a new element for her. And, and unsurprisingly, she absolutely crushed it. I mean, she looked incredible. Fight choreography was on point. She looked absolutely fierce, ferocious, um, and it just was totally believable. So Viola Davis at every step, whether it was soft-spoken, um, heart-to-heart dialogue in the in the baths of the the palace you know or whether it was her on the battlefield chopping people's heads off um you know dropping elbows and, and popping skulls like it all worked it was all meshed together and just a really well-rounded and perfect performance for viola davis all right now what's probably the harder award to get to of the two that we typically do on the podcast, the scene stealer. Um, this movie boasts a really impressive and star studded cast. I think some of the names you'll recognize, certainly John Boyega, Lashana Lynch, but also some relative newcomers on the scene in this movie, Tuso Mbedu and Sheila Atim, and, and so many others that appear in this movie. And at every turn, honestly, this, this cast is just great. I, I felt like, Every single performance, uh, well, obviously, I don't want to be hyperbolous. Not every single performance, but but really most of our main contributors in the movie were incredible. Uh, the character work was great. I'll get into that a little bit later. They each had their own stories. They each understood their motives. They each understood the... Um, you know, the ties that were binding the, their character, uh, figuratively speaking, and all of the different wheels that were in motion that could be pulling and tugging on their character and making them react certain ways. And so many of them did so, so well. So this is a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one to come up with. But at the end of the day, my scene stealer had to go to Lashana Lynch. I, oh my gosh, this, this woman is incredible. I just think she is so good and, and just a master of her craft. I think you would probably most likely recognize her either from uh, No Time to Die, the, the most recent Bond film where she played 007, also known as uh, Nomi. So she was the new 007 in that film. And she's also Maria Rambo, who was in Captain Marvel and also Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I think those are probably her two most notable like blockbuster-type roles. But what she does in that role, in those roles, um, and what she brings to this role is similar and yet so different every time, which is that she brings an incredible amount of fierceness. And she, I always think of like, I'm not a America's Next Top Model fan, but I always think about how people talk about Tyra Banks and smiles, like smiling with your eyes. And something that Lashana Lynch does at just an unbelievable elite level in her field is emoting with her eyes only. I mean, she can, she can tell an entire story. She can do a whole she can have a whole world exploding behind her eyes. And it's just 
incredible to watch. She plays a character that I felt like was just absolutely perfect for her. Um, and I'm going to look up the name real quick. Cause I, like I said, I have the pronunciations written down. Um, Izugi, Izugi, um, is her character's name. And she, it's kind of hard to, to explain because of course, Viola Davis's character, Naniska, you know, the, the title role, the woman King is of course the most fierce, um, warrior in the entire Agoji. And yet there's something about, um, Izugi that is just, I don't know. It's different. It's <laughs> Lashana Lynch carves out this character that you're like, man, she is just an, a different animal altogether. She is like, uh, definitely like a first officer type. She's, she's doesn't ex- necessarily um, provide guidance to Viola Davis as a political tactical consultant, but she is the first on the battlefield ready to go, um, ready to die for her country, for her people, ready to train with fierceness, all of the new recruits and, and teach. And she just carves out this character that is so lovable, so real and and just again i'm going to use the word fierce because it's really the only word that best encapsulates uh the being of azugi that lashana lynch creates i think there's there's this scene where the male warriors of dahomey and the agoji are having a competition to sort of see like who's the dominant force and and part of that is having a spear stuck into their um, like their shoulder area and pushing on it until somebody yields. And that's what Azugi does. And the face that she makes when she wins, I think you can even see it in the trailer. is just the best, most real, um, just uncaged reaction. It's, it's, it's total euphoria, but also just like warrior battle cry. Uh, and Lashana Lynch just embodies that so well throughout the entire movie. Um, She's an emotional character who definitely wears her emotions on her sleeve. Um, she's going to tell you how she feels about things, but she also believes in the cause no matter what. And 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 again, I, I describe all these things about the character, but that's just because Lashana Lynch d- took what could have been a very one-dimensional character and developed it into something that was extremely deep, rich, has a great arc thanks to the writing um, that felt so much more impactful because of the character that she built. So I have to give it to Lashana Lynch. That's not to take away from John Boyega, um, you know, Tuso Mbedu, Sheila Atim, all these great actors that are in this film. But that is just to say that among those, she was best in class of the supporting cast. So Lashana Lynch, you've done it again. I'm a huge fan of your work. Keep it up. Um, Can't wait to see what you've got next in the hopper. All right. So this is a lot of talking. Whew, it's one one person show is so much harder than, than two. I have to take lots of deep breaths to, to keep going through it. But we are almost there. We're about halfway through. We're going to talk about the production side of things. This is a really interesting movie um, from production. You know, you don't, at least for me, I never know really what to expect when you've got something that's like based on a true story. It's you know, perhaps a story that you haven't really heard about before. It's not something that's like an original IP or something that's been adapted into a book that you've read. Um, It's just hard to know because I think so many times these based on true story or based on true events, movies fall into this very formulaic approach. Um, And so that is sort of what I always expect. Something that's a little bit empty, formulaic, um, cookie cutter, 
and not fully fleshed out, it just kind of leans so much on it on the source story, which is of course in itself incredible. Otherwise they wouldn't have adapted into a movie and they leave out some of the other pieces that make a movie great. Not the case with this movie. This movie, my showstopper, I'll just get into it right now. This movie has incredible, incredible character work going on. Really well-written characters, tons of characters. And the key there is the balance. So it's the character work mixed with the balance that sort of go together. Um, All of these characters are balanced so well with each other. They each have different dynamics and relationships with each of the people around. So many people get tons of screen time in this movie, and yet they all feel like they have their own purpose. They're on their own distinct journey. They have these arcs that are just, you know, kind of twisting and turning, intertwining with each other and separating and then coming back together. And it's all just working so well. It's like a well-orchestrated piece of music. Um, It's lovely, and I loved it. I thought the storytelling was just next level, and the biggest part of that is this characters. This is so different from what you typically see from a based-on-true-events movie, in my opinion. is like, usually it's like, okay, there is the event that the movie is being made about, right? And you've got the key players in that, and, and that's sort of it. There's a couple of key players. They handle the whole movie. There's not a ton of depth. There's not a bunch of layers, etc. This movie had so much depth, so many layers, so many subplots and, and different angles and um, motives and forces at play, and yet it all just is perfectly orchestrated. It's it's just, it's it's really lovely. I have to say I just really enjoyed it. And at each turn I was like, oh, they're introducing another character. Uh, how's this going to play out? This might be a small character. What, what are they going to do? And they just end up carving out their own piece of the pie. It works. It's important. It's not just there. It's not window dressing. It's not something that is unneeded, kind of like tertiary. It is important. And uh, it, it all works so well together. So for me, like that is that is the thing about this movie. And I think that that's the reason that, um, from what I've seen at least, the, the general consensus has been good of this movie. I think people f- find it easy to connect with because there are so many characters. There's certainly one you can relate to. There's so many that you are invested in that each have these really rich arcs. And I think that that's, those are the kinds of movies that really um, do well with the, with the general public. So I'm not surprised to see that that is the case based on what I saw. Um, let me jump into director's shoes, which is some of the things that I would change. Cause I want to be clear that like this movie has so many things that it does well, but it's not perfect. And I feel like in a lot of instances, some of the things that detract are significant detractors from the overall effect of the movie. To me, um, and this one is certainly debatable. This one is certainly can be personal preference. So again, this is why we always say, watch it, form an opinion for yourself and decide how you feel. But for me, the rating, this movie's rated PG-13. For me, the rating is something that holds this movie back um, because I feel like they're going for a sort of hyper-realism tone and feel, which is a great choice. I think that's a great um, stylistic choice and and something that they should do for this storytelling because it needs to feel visceral. It needs to feel incredibly real, like, oh my God, this was happening and so many people were affected by this and that this was a real 
thing because I think that it's easy to slip into, oh, this is just a fantasy movie. Like seriously, because the world they build is so vibrant and so rich and it feels so different because Africa in the early 1800s is not something that we visit in film, uh, certainly mainstream film, very often. Um, So I'm glad that they made the choice to go super real, but because of the PG-13 rating, they can't go all the way towards real. They can't go all the way towards violence. Um, That feels, you know, intense. It should feel, you should feel it, I think. You should feel the the fear you should feel the your blood pumping with the violence that's going on in this movie. And I think that so many times because of the PG 13 rating, they stop short of doing things that I think would just give it an extra taste of real and extra, um, touch of stakes, uh, make it feel less like, Oh, well this is just a, a fantasy story and more like, Oh my gosh, this is something that happened. These are real people who are getting, you know, attacked these are these were warriors who were able to fight with ferocity with their bare hands with handheld weapons and they were able to do insane amounts of damage like i feel like i'm not one who advocates for grotesque violence in films but i think that here it would have helped to drive home the realness of the story and within some of those combat scenes there are other choices made that sort of take away from the realism of it all in my opinion like every once in a while They speed up a few frames to make it look like something's kind of going in fast motion, um, which I think is an interesting choice. It doesn't happen a ton. It's just kind of like here and there while somebody's doing a specific move. Um, And then another thing is there are some things that are happening in the combat scenes that just, uh, frankly, I I don't know how else to describe it, just like couldn't have happened. (laughs) Like at one point, you see in the picture here, if you're watching on YouTube, um, Naniska, Viola Davis's character has this iconic blade that she uses that she's sort of holding over her head in this picture at one point in the battle she takes that blade holds it up to block a musket shot like a musket ball that's flying at her the blade hits it it flies out of her hand Lashana Lynch's character catches it and just hands it right back to her and that feels like you know Star Wars that feels like fantasy sci-fi that does not feel real and I get that you want to show that these women are absolutely top of the line elite warriors um, from their era. And I'm, I'm buying that, but I think there are ways to show that without taking away from the realism of the film. And I think that a few of those choices did that. So ultimately there are a couple of weird cuts. There are a couple of weird like frames that they're speeding up. Uh, there's, obviously like a couple of action sequences that just don't feel totally real. And then there's also just the overall PG 13 rating, holding it back from getting to that full level of realism and realizing its full potential. Um, So that's, that's my biggest gripe. There are a couple of other ones. I think the score of this movie at times is just beautiful and, and sweeping and epic, but at other times it feels like tonally off. Um, Like, important scary or sad things are happening in the film and the music sounds a little bit celebratory or, or triumphant and, and fanfare uh, at times. And, and that was distracting for me a couple of times during the movie. Um, it's usually not a good idea. It's usually not a good sign if the music is like 
taking away to where you're like, wait, why does the music sound happy? Like, you shouldn't be having that thought during a movie. That's a sign that something went very wrong, in my opinion. And so that was happening for me a little bit. Um, and then also, I think the end of this movie is just a little bit self-indulgent. This is nitpicky, but just like a little bit too long, a little bit self-indulgent. We know what how it's ultimately going to wrap up. Um, there have been some big things happening. It's going to a big finish. But then once that finish happens, there, there's just a little bit too much um, resolve at the end that is, you know, it's taking a while to kind of fizzle out. And I think that they could have cut some of that. I think it was just a little bit overindulgent, but overall, those are my biggest gripes with the movie. So I'm going to get into overall thoughts and scores. I think for me, very pleasantly surprised with this movie. And that's not to say that I thought it was going to be bad. I certainly didn't. I actually, I really liked the trailer. I was very impressed with the trailer, but like I said, you're going into a, based on a true story movie, uh, a story that, you know, I'm not familiar with. And so I just, I just honestly did not have high expectations for it. And I am happy to say that those expectations were blasted out of the water. I thought this movie was really sharp. I thought the storytelling was excellent. The character work was superb. The cast was, first of all, extremely well cast. Everybody fit their roles excellently and did their work at an extremely high level. Uh, but also just each person had a very specific important character. There weren't a lot of characters that felt like empty or unnecessary. There weren't a lot of subplots. There just really is like, it's it's all killer, no filler, this movie. It's, it's how it feels until the very, very end. Um, and I love that. That's that's huge for me. Uh, there, Like I said, there are a couple things to take away from it. I feel like they're mostly nitpicky. This movie is still in great territory for me, no doubt. I think that it's one of the best movies of the year, and it's been a pretty good year for movies. I think this this movie will probably be bumped out of like the top ten, top twenty when we when it's all said and done. Uh, but for me, right now, I'm at an eight point three out of ten kernels for the Woman King, which is a great score. I think for me, I always say if it's above, if it's eight point or above, that's what I consider a great movie. I think this movie has has high potential to be um I'm trying to think. I don't want to say legendary, but like iconic, like like a a piece of American cinema canon that people are familiar with, something that people a lots of people see is particularly when it goes to streaming and home video and things like that. This isn't the kind of the movie that drives people in droves uh to the theater, but I think that it will grow momentum over time and it will become a piece of cinema that really is known and that people enjoy uh, overall and, and that is iconic. Cinematically, we didn't really talk about that a lot, but visually I think there's a ton of good things going on here. I think the cinematography is great. I think the aesthetic is great. Set design, production design, costume design, all really, really good. Um, so it, it checks a ton of boxes. There are a couple things that I think detract, as I mentioned in my director's shoes, but very impressed with this movie. Really enjoyed the Woman King. I think it's it's one of the one of the good ones of late. Certainly of late, um, but but one that I thoroughly enjoyed and uh, didn't really know what to expect. So that's that's a plus plus for me. But that's my score: eight point three out of ten kernels on the Woman King. Alrighty. Well, that is all I've got for you this week. Of course, we miss Kirk. Uh, would have loved to have reviewed this movie with him. I can't wait to hear his thoughts on it, as I'm sure he is chomping at the bit to see some movies coming back from vacation. Maybe he snuck away to Disney Springs to catch a movie. 
late one evening or something. Who knows? I wouldn't put it past him. Um, but I can't wait to hear his thoughts on that movie. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on The Woman King. Hopefully um, kept it spoiler-free enough for you to feel like that I didn't ruin the movie or anything. I was trying to be very, very careful. So hopefully that was good for you and you can report back after you see it because you wouldn't have to see it to listen to this review. Um, and we will keep you guys posted on what's yet to come. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I am actually on vacation next week. So it just so happened that Kirk and I both had trips to Disney, both lined up back to back, um, planned at different times. So that was just how the cookie crumbled. So I do not know what next week holds for the podcast, but we'll certainly be posting about it in discord on the social media channels. Um, I have all of the podcast equipment and software and things like that. So I think it will be tough for Kirk to pull off a solo episode, but I'm sure we will talk about it and try to get something out the door for you next week. If not, we'll catch you the first week of October and get back into all the movie news. Um, Of course, Tons of big things happening right now, right? Like today, uh, date of recording is Wednesday, September 21st. So Andor just dropped on Disney+. Plus. Of course, the new Star Wars show starring Diego Luna. Uh, the the much-discussed Don't Worry Darling film uh, by directed by Olivia Wilde starring Florence Pugh and Harry Styles drops in theaters this Friday, September 23rd. So there are no shortage of things to discuss and we hope that you guys will return to hear us talk about all the different things and hopefully you'll get in on the conversation on all of our social media channels but until that time thank you guys so much for listening and watching i of course have to give a special thanks to our executive producer ryan spriggs as well as our band rhetoric who created our original music that you are about to hear right now listen to them anywhere you listen to music just search rhetoric and we will see you guys next time Thanks again.